The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned that Washington never told a lie. I learned that soldiers seldom die. I learned that everybody's free. That's what the teacher said to me. And that's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello and welcome to Very Loose Women. This week it's the Freshers Week special edition. Um, So, I don't know whether you ladies realise this, but today is literally ten years to the day that we all first met each other. That is a horrifying thought. (laughs) (laughs) Think of all the things you've achieved. On my way to the grave, that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, so I thought it'd be quite interesting to do a little retrospective of 10 years of friendship, um, but also think about Freshers' Week, university, maybe a bit more broadly, and what we think we've achieved since then and mm. how we've changed. I remember the first time that I met both of you in Freshers' Week. We had to go into the kind of common room and have tea and meet everyone. Leo, we both studied history, yeah. and it was on this day specifically, the Tuesday of Freshers' Week, that we had a meeting you know what, about I... our syllabus. Yeah, I'm finding it like, I mean, it's really nice that you remember, but it's also kind of creepy that you're like, it was this very day. I just realized because I was looking, well, so I actually went to a reunion back at university. That we were invited to, even though we all went to the same university. So I went along to that and we had this kind of dinner and there was lots of, you know, hijinks. But it did get me thinking about how I feel about my university experience and also just that first time of like leaving home and all the memories of that week because it is quite a formative week but it's also quite a weird week and there was an article in I think it was Vice um, quite recently where someone who was the same age as us and Mm. had a freshers week 10 years ago decided to go back and see if she could do it all again and clearly after the first night she just felt completely exhausted had the worst hangover ever just couldn't cope with meeting people and i don't think you're meant to go to all of the events right i think Uh, you are you are (laughs) i think you are it's like a week of solid drinking that's what it is yeah okay so i suppose i just wanted to start off by asking you all how did you feel as a fresher when you left home and you had your first week I don't know, the first week I was just really baffled. Like, I think the main reason I was baffled was because I didn't realise that inductions were so important, so I just didn't go to any of them. So I wasn't just baffled during Freshers' Week when all the, the inductions <laughs> take place and I wasn't at them. I was also baffled for, like, the rest of the year when I should have been inducted to things and I, I didn't realise how they worked. It took me, like, a good year and a half to figure out how the libraries worked properly. Okay, so you basically are saying that you didn't go to anything social or I did, I went on one (laughs) I went to one pub crawl and it was just so it's so horrible. I don't know if you mm. remember that pub crawl. I remember. Yeah, I remember the pub crawl. Why did you find it horrible? I just didn't enjoy talking to anyone or drinking. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's yeah that's why a pub crawl is going to kill you if you don't want to talk to anyone or drink that kind of brings me on to one of the topics that i thought would definitely come up this idea of why is it so alcohol heavy and whether that's a good or a bad thing looking back on it emma how did you find the pub crawl i mean i enjoyed the pub crawl and i think when i first went to uni i was like, excited about meeting new people and i kind of just threw myself into it i feel like i chatted to a lot of people i wanted to make friends i feel like if i did it now 
I mean, maybe you're not asking me that, but if I did it now, I'd be, I just wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like anyone. I wouldn't talk to anyone. I'd make mm. like three friends and like, I don't know, sit at home watching something. I think it is weird that it's like centered around alcohol the whole time. I think like there were like dry activities as in like, mm. not like that's so dry as in like non-drinking activities <laughs> um, that involved like going to get ice cream and stuff. And obviously everyone just mocked that and was like, who's going to go to the, you yeah. know, trip to the ice cream parlor? Like no one. But actually, that's kind of ridiculous, and I wish that maybe it had been a bit more acceptable, and there had been, a, a f- you know, some more activities that weren't so alcohol-based. And then, as I've been told, like, you spend, like, your first year or your first month or your first term or whatever making loads of friends, and the next two years of university trying to drop them. Half yeah, of them. yeah. I think, for me, the drinking element, um, I really enjoyed that, and I enjoyed going on those ki- types of events and nights out, and I was kind of a bit used to that because that was something that I had done when I was younger but not to the same extent but I think there were a lot of people who just hadn't been in that environment before and found it quite intimidating or just you know had better things to do than just get completely like trashed all the time and I maybe discounted those types of people as potential friends thinking that we didn't have anything in common which actually now is like a very judgmental like thing for me like the like now I would have no qualms being friends with someone who didn't really drink or go out clubbing but back then the thought of someone not going out just seemed to be very odd and I suppose that was a bit of naivety in my part I think you have though I think it's you know you started university you have all this freedom you didn't have before okay maybe you're going out a bit beforehand but like really you're in a situation you've never been in before and your instinct is to kind of go a bit mad with everyone and get really drunk all the time and go out loads yeah that because wasn't like my instinct at all like my instinct was just like I don't I remember going to things like I went to what was that filth I went to that that place it's excellent e- club yeah. excellent establishment in Oxford in a shopping centre but like even the even the word ENTS rep it took me like ages to figure out what an ENTS rep did <laughs> or like what it entertainment <laughs> if you went into the going out and the drinking side of it so much what did you like think it would be like? What did you want to get out of it when you turned I, up? I don't think I really thought ahead of like what it would be like. I just was I was just kind of open to what was going to happen and was just like I don't I don't know I don't have I don't have that kind of attitude to life of 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 planning it out for for myself in advance and I kind of wish I did. The idea of institutionalized drinking wasn't something that I had ever encountered having grown up in France. And <laughs> I was going to say, is that because you're like you grew up in France, you yeah. Part French dance. Like, is that just a really kind of stereotypical? But it, yeah, thing to say. But I mean, it's true. Isn't it, it? It's really, it really is true. Like, it's just not as big a deal in France that the fact of getting drunk, and also just the landscape of different types of people that you meet was very different. So, like in school, I imagine that there were like groups in school where you found like equivalent groups. So, like, in terms of just the stru- social structure, yeah, it, it didn't feel like you were going from one institution to another that was kind of vaguely similar. Yeah. I, th- I guess at uni, the, the different structures were lads and not lads, yeah. which maybe you didn't have at school. <laughs> I didn't have that at all. No. <laughs> like, we didn't have sports teams at my school. You didn't have sports teams? No, we didn't. Have... Are you sure you just weren't on them? No. But it's all they told <laughs> you. No, Lee, we, don't, we don't have a sports team no, for we, that. No, we didn't. Like, that's not how French school is made. We just didn't have sports teams. And we didn't, have, like, have bands or... It, like it's school in France. You it's have just... bands in France, though. Like, yeah, but we didn't have like school, school Maybe bands. Maybe school, like an orchestra. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we didn't have an orchestra. Like, that is actually really. There sad. are all these things that like happen in English schools that just don't happen in French schools, really. So, what groups did you have? They're kind of the girls who put on makeup in the loose, and then the girls who didn't, and then there were like the sciencey people who were a bit geeky, and then the people who stood outside smoking. And where were you in all this? 
Well, the girls who didn't put on No, I was in the cafeteria. Like, I would sit in the cafeteria with, like, I had a, a group of kind of a bit geeky literary friends, and we would just kind of sit there, sometimes play cards. So I think what you're saying about lads, non-lads, it's that's basically, like, who plays sport, but you don't even necessarily need to be that sporty to be a lad. It's the drinking that's always the common denominator with them. But you're, you're a bit of a lad. In a way, <laughs> but now that I've hit 28, it happened quite recently, listeners, I've decided that I'm never going to go out again. You're so never going out again. You've agreed to go to like two things with me, even if we didn't go to them. I thought we I were that's not true. all getting into passionate necking at the Montague Arms, which is our new favourite queer night in Queensbury, Peckham. I'm going to ruin it now. Everyone's going to go who listens to Resonant. <laughs> we flooded. Flooded with all our friends. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. But, you know, thus far, I haven't felt that much like going out. I think, I don't know, it's quite interesting what you're saying about this article, like, could you do it again? Like, mm. you know, 10 years later. I could not at all. Like, I could not go out, like, two days in a row and I wouldn't want to and mm. I'd just be like but I'm tired so why should I do it I think there is an element of like not exactly peer I mean it is peer pressure but also like you just think you should be doing those things like oh I sh- you know there's a night out and people are going so I should just go whereas I think now all three of us are much more likely to be like oh, I feel a bit tired and like I'm a bit cold so I might just get in bed and I don't know like whatever yeah totally. as opposed to actually you know I don't know like forcing ourselves into doing things that we maybe can't really be bothered doing but I think the stakes were a bit higher in that you are living with people and you've moved away from home. I really saw university as a time to meet more people that were interested in the things that I was interested in. So it felt a bit like if you don't make friends and put effort into meeting people, you're going to have three years potentially missing out on that. And now when I look at all the friends, like the radio show, we started doing the show when we were at university and we're still friends. Like we're like, you know, we're even closer now than we were when we all lived in the same place and saw each other all the time. I think <laughs> you're looking. You, I agree li- with that. Lily's yes. agreeing. No, um, so you're like just. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. My aim definitely was to have. You know, I wanted to study and I wanted to enjoy the work that I was doing. But it was very much based around just meeting all these different types of people who were just going to be a little bit more. Um, into the things that I was into and at my school it was very uncool to be like academically good at anything and people didn't really talk about stuff like that it was just constant piss taking and you really had to be like sporty or yeah kind of just sporty to like get kind of any kind of kudos like you know being in an environment where it was just like oh we're all studying English yeah we all love English this is just a fact like and we can talk about it was what I kind of wanted to get out of it so the friendship element and why I would have gone totally mental in Freshers Week and gone out loads. Looking back, I can see that. When I went and did a MA, age 22, still young, I didn't put in anywhere near the same amount of effort. I just saw it as a bonus if I made any friends. And I've got three really good friends I'm still in touch with, and I think that's great. Well, I kind of think is that, yeah, it's different approaches to, like, making friends in your, kind of, the beginning of uni, so the beginning of your BA, beginning of your MA. Like... I think that what we both of us did, and I don't know about Leo, so I'm going to ask you, but I think we kind of cast a wide net, brought in everything we could, and then kind of had to like sift. we sift through, yeah, sift, sift through, and like keep keep the, yeah. I don't know if you that would really be gold, yeah, like gold. lobsters wow. or something. I don't know, whatever it is, you cast <laughs> you cast a net, but other people might just like, I don't know. I don't want to expand this fishing metaphor because I don't know enough about fishing, but like we're just selectively choose. Or not choose at all. I guess that's what I want to know. Leo. How did you get your friends? Um, so, like, there was there was that staircase where Peanut lived, and I became friends with people broadly on that staircase because I had, I had um, I was in a in a group with one of them, like a teaching group, and then 
I don't know. So there was that. But then also, then I started doing like a lot of the extracurricular. My sister, my big sister, who didn't go to uni in the UK, actually, but she said, based on like some of her friends' experience who had gone to uni here, um, of saying, just like join all the clubs, don't worry about schoolwork. So I did like journalism and I did theatre and I met a lot of people through that but weirdly I didn't like stay friends with them that close and really I think the way I joined the the friendship group from university was actually when we all left and I was living with people in London and then since I feel it's really consolidated I don't know if you guys feel the same way but I feel like I don't know we spent all that time at university together but like you look back and it's just kind of like family that like those people are going to be your friends because we have that joint history. You see what I mean? Do you think it's because you moved to Camberwell and said, I'm just staying here forever <laughs> so you guys can stay elsewhere. Form a world around. Well, know that I'll be here. So if you're moving, move here. Well, and everyone there's gradually... obviously Camberwell. There's, I, I, I very strongly respect anyone who moves to Camberwell because I feel like <laughs> it's a gracious act on their part. I think what you're saying about joining loads of clubs and societies, you are someone who loves doing stuff like that and you're mm. still doing that. So yeah. in a way, like your personality, I, I think you've changed a lot, but like one constant is that you still just love getting involved in yeah. things and you like talking to anyone and you like joining groups yeah. like that and kind of expressing yourself I just don't think that I did enough of that but I can't regret it because I socialized so much and I had so much fun so it's kind of like what do you privilege but I never really pushed myself to get involved in anything and put like loads of effort into something else so like in terms of developing skills that are maybe more practical for the real world I didn't really do that much of that um apart from doing a bit of radio obviously very Um, useful do we feel nervous when we start at university and like, at what point did you start feeling nervous? Because I don't think that I felt nervous, really. Like, I was a bit excited about moving away from home, meeting new people. Um, and then on, like, my first meeting with my psychology teacher, I just remember him saying, oh, so have you guys, like, how's, how, how's it gone through, like, the reading list? And, um, like, the other person in the room with me was like, oh, yeah, I've read, like, quite a lot of the books. And I just went, I never got a reading list. That was a moment where I realized <laughs> this is going to set the tone. This is going to set the tone for, like, the rest of my university career of, like, not even knowing there was a reading list. And, like, everyone else in the class being, like, I read, like, five of the books on it already. And then I also, like, when I met my philosophy teacher, Zem telling me, like, what the year ahead was going to be like. And I just thought, I don't even know what, like, these subjects mean. So that was quite nerve-wracking for me. I was worried about reading this a lot, actually. Um, I I don't know. I got to university with a kind of uh, unacknowledged sense of entitlement that I was definitely meant to be at university. And this was like, I didn't really know why I was going to university. And I still don't know why I went or what it's brought me. But um, but I definitely felt like I'd worked really hard to be there. And I 100% deserve to be there, which I would now very much question. Um, But uh, but but then in terms of the reading list I'd read like one or two books and they were just super tough and they were like I just went straight for the Eric Hobsbawms and tried to read them like first to last page and it's just an incredibly difficult thing to do uh, when you're 17 um, and so I got there and I knew that I hadn't finished these books and that had never happened to me before I'd always like I'm definitely someone to plow through reading lists and so like I had this like secret guilt of not having read all of the books on the list and then I started doing all this theatre and then one of the directors that I worked with at one point said, like, 
and I was like really telling her like oh, I haven't read all these books on the reading list this is like second term so this has hadn't happened at least like I don't know 15 times by that point um and she was like no one ever reads the books on the reading list and she was obviously speaking specifically about people in theater I think because you just don't have time to do that but from that point on where she was like yeah I always write my essays in one night I was just like that's what I'm gonna do and for the next like <laughs> year and a half I wrote all of my essays in one night and was it was that good advice retrospectively it, I mean yes and no so yes in the sense that I joined lots and lots of different groups and I really loved all of them like um in art and journalism and all of that um but then no in the sense that like not sleeping one night a week had hugely detrimental effects on my mental health <laughs> so mm. I would not ever recommend it to anyone ever mm. and that now I always try to get a good night's sleep I think I probably had a slightly blind sense that maybe similar to you I worked really hard for this and um, I always knew that I wanted to go and study English and history which is what I did and I had that like goal and I actually put like everything into it for about like for several years and worked really hard and was like very focused and then I kind of got there and I was like great I've achieved my goal yeah I was the same <laughs> and that's when it kind of like slipped massively and I think partly it's because even like in the UK, which I think is better than some places um, for this, there's quite a lot of like spoon feeding for, you know, and you can get like 100% in even like art subject kind of exams. And, you know, there's there's often like a right answer and a wrong answer. And you can just kind of get like a degree of like perfection going and obsession with that. Um, and the school system obviously does kind of encourage that with the amount of exams that we did. And I always had this like nervous fear that if I didn't get in a top set, I wouldn't be able to get like a really high grade. And looking back on it, it was a really unhealthy way to be, but Definitely. there was a lot of pressure externally on me for that kind of thing. And what was good was that at least when I achieved that goal, I was able to let go massively and just relax. And I've never really been that stressed about like attainment and perfection again. But the kind of adverse effect of that was that I think I just like really like coasted along and yeah. didn't really push yeah. myself as much as I should have. But in terms of nervousness, what I was most nervous about, I think, was what if I just don't like m like meet anyone I like or what if no one likes me? I mean, I kind of knew that I would have friends and stuff, but I did find it quite weird going into an environment that was like so different socially to what I was kind of used to and what made me a bit nervous in Freshers Week was meeting all these people who just clearly had a lot more life experience and that is like part of the thing of having a gap year. I think since I've developed a habit of comparing myself to people but at the time I just felt like like I was just very different from everyone and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't very comparable like not in a good or a bad way. I think I've definitely gone from um, being quite insular to being more open and mm. um, and I did I, I found it very hard to place people in the UK on a political spectrum because I was used to doing that to French politics and in English politics it's very different but you've become just so much more politically active as since, well since university yeah. yeah and I wasn't super politically active at university um, yeah, in terms of how I think I've changed since university, because I think, as I was saying, like when I started, I was like really keen to meet loads of people. And I think that I'm still like a very sociable person. But I think when I started, I had like a kind of a kind of self-belief that I maybe don't have anymore. When you're young, you feel like you know a lot of things. You feel like you're like really interesting or whatever. Yeah. And I think like getting older is kind of realizing like, I don't know, it's such a cliche, but like what you don't know and realizing yeah. that other people around you know a lot more than you and like have had experiences that you could benefit from and things like that. So I think like since then, I probably like, 
hopefully maybe like shut up a bit and like calm down a bit. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think like, I still am like, you know, when I chat about things and I'm sociable, but I think it's not to the same extent of like kind of foolhardiness of like a young person who just like thinks they know everything. If, if you've piped down, I think I've piped up a bit. I mean, you're definitely a bit less confrontational. And like, I was rowdy. It's not like, it's not like I'm <laughs> saying like, it's not like I was saying like, oh, you know, I used to like say stuff and now I'm scared about it. But it's more just like, you know, kind of taking other people a bit more into consideration and realizing that like, when you're really loud all the time, some people find that intimidating. I don't know. You guys are strangely silent. <laughs> well, and- I just think that, probably a bit gobby but like you know I think it was just like a whole package of like compared to like a sea of people who just dress the same as each other your like bright colors and your personality obviously comes out massively maybe we have all gone on a bit of a similar path of like really trying to engage a bit more in something that's collective like I see that with quite a lot of the shows that we've done recently and shows that we have um coming up as well we have maybe engaged with a bit more of like a activist community or we've actually joined a movement and that's something when I was at that age even though I was always really interested in like certain issues um and I also probably had opinions and everything and was quite argumentative but and also uninformed but um I never really wanted to like join a group and I really had this like natural aversion partly why I never joined clubs of like joining in and being like a joiner in actually are you just a bit unconfident and you just don't want to join in because you're like a bit scared I am a very detached person and now I like it goes against my nature to be involved I think because I am by nature someone who observes and not someone who gets involved I used to think that being you know a bystander meant that you could kind of be impartial and stuff but now I see that being a bystander and an observer is actually being complicit in the system which is something I think that I've very much changed my view on I think it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people become like politicized at university and have like a little political awakening and we obviously none of us had that no yeah. not um, at all and I'm, I kind of obviously like student bodies in general have been quite political places a lot of protests a lot of things like that I'm kind of thinking I wonder like if we were in a bit of a lull when we were at university obviously there were protests but it was pre-crash and now I think like student campuses are a lot more politicized than, than when we were there mm. and even just thinking about like I have a friend who's just started a course um and even back to fre- if talking back to freshers week like one of the things they can do in freshers week is like a class on consent and that's something that's like kind of going through a lot of campuses at the moment which is mm. something that never happened when we were at freshers week mm. and is kind of to me an indication of like a real change I don't know I felt very detached from being British as well which now I don't but but these were all things that I was just very happy to let slide and I even remember one day of just saying to someone oh I don't I don't read the news because it's too depressing and I remember like just saying this like in an offhand way I don't know why I remember this one thing and now like if anyone said that to me I would it would just make me feel so angry and I'm really angry at myself that I behaved kind of in that way but isn't that also the thing about being academic is like that you get your head stuck in this kind of weird world and you have to consciously choose to do other things but you could just be sitting writing an essay on some very obscure aspects of like Carolingian history well, that's and not it. be in that's the it. present yeah. you know whereas like and, and I do think there are a handful of universities that are much more political than others that have movements that have started and they tend to have like a history of like um ra- like radical um activism and you know there's places like SOAS and mm-hmm. um you know, maybe like UCL, Stop the War campaign, things like that. I got into this thing of just choosing a lot of medieval history that I had a complete detachment to because I felt it easier to write essays when I cared less. But actually, I think I would have been <laughs> a lot 
a lot more involved with what what I was doing if I'd been writing about uh, modern and contemporary history. And I I think I would have I would have been politically active much sooner if I had been doing that. Actually, like, would you definitely have gone to university? Like, is that something you definitely would have done looking back? Mm. Yeah. Actually, one of the things that I really wanted to do from when I was a kid and partly why I wanted to study those things is because I wanted to be like a historical novelist, um, probably racy ones. I think I've said this before. Um, And that goal is still there, but I haven't really done anything about it until I decided to join. So I thought it was ridiculous that I've had the same idea for a book for 10 years and haven't written it. Um, But I joined the um, historical novel society the other week in an effort to inspire myself to write um and get support from other people who write historical novels and there are people in that society such as lauren dobson and yeah so we're a guest on the show yeah yeah. um so i um decided that that would be a good way to try and kickstart that because actually fundamentally like the things that i'm really interested in are still the same and i did study them but they just haven't translated into my working career and I've had some good jobs, but it's that frustration of the best part of my day and when I have the most energy, it's you know not spent on actually what was my number one goal. So how can I recalibrate to get back to that? I don't know. I'm really divided on this issue. Like going to university gave me so many things like uh, the friendship framework that I've got in London, a kind of sense of, um, you know, you know, these great friends like you guys who give me a sense of like where I am in life and stuff. But, um, but then also like, because I got into the university I wanted to go to, I didn't persist in applying to film school. And I have applied to film school a number of times and never got in. But I think, um, I think in terms of like, I would have really liked to be the person who at 17 uh, picked what I wanted to do and just kind of gone for it, made like a beeline towards like, even if it was acting, which now like, drives me completely crazy and freaks me out and I would never do but even if it was that it would have given me like a foot into all of these other things that I do want to do like I still want to go to film school a lot and I still haven't done that and I think that that's like a bit of a failure on my part um but then like there are all these other things like I think without university I wouldn't have written um the short novel that I wrote and I don't think I would have written like the three unfinished novels that I've written so and I and I'm happy that I have written those and I've given time to those so um and I and I and I do see myself like on a similar path that I saw myself when I was on when I was 17 when I got to university but but without as much fluff like there are things like I used to be really into claymation and now I'm like where where did that come from why why was I so obsessed with claymation um and and I did like make a short film at university so I'm happy about that but it but I never I don't know they're like I I kind of wish that I had consistently been more vocational with it rather than a very artsy kind of quite um What's that word? Up in the skies. Nebulous. Nebulous degree. I'm still quite nebulous in my life aims too. What about you, Emma? Um, I think there's definitely things that university has given me. Yeah, as we've all said, and we all have made like very good friends that we've been friends with this whole time, this whole 10 years, and obviously imagined to be like lifelong friends. So that's obviously a big mm. part of things, like a big part of my life that I'm thankful for. Also, like the fact that we did the radio show, I do you know I never would have done that. And that's we wouldn't be here. Yeah, we wouldn't be right here in resonance right now. Um, so obviously, that's another thing. Like, like, you know, there are certain things I wouldn't have done. There are certain things that I studied that I found really interesting. But I think that 
maybe I wasn't really ready to go to university. Like I was still quite young. Mm. I obviously like the first year was like a bit of a joke to me. Like I just went out all the time. Second year, Catherine, we, we had some bad times. Just yeah, going out all the time as well. Bad. So I feel like the first two years, basically, I was just like going out loads and like yeah, on the social side, it was quite, it was great, but. I kind of feel like maybe I kind of wasted a lot of opportunities I had there. Maybe didn't study all the best things. I know that like when I was at school, I did speak to like my, I don't know, guidance counselor, not, what do you call them, careers advisor, whatever. Person at school who's supposed to tell you how to apply for stuff. Um, and I, there was a course that I really wanted to do. There was like, ling- like linguistics, uh, forensics, and philosophy. And um, it was like a not a very good university in Scotland. And I was like, this is the ideal course for me. I was really excited. And she was just like, that's a terrible university. And a kind of like that that idea. And maybe it wasn't a very good university, but like the idea that like, okay, so you're not going to study these things that you're really interested in because the university is not good enough. I don't know. It obviously limits your options if you're just going to go for something that's quite prestigious. Which we, we all went for like a very prestigious yeah. university. Um, and maybe I would have done something else. I know that afterwards, obviously, I did study linguistics and... I don't know, I guess maybe whatever I would have done. Like after my first year at university, I went to my tutor and I said, like, I'm not sure that I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. And he said, well, you can start again. You can like change to another course. But then I kind of realized if I did that, I'd have to know what course I wanted to change to. Yeah. And I, and I didn't. So mm. I just stuck with it. So maybe there's like a sliding door scenario where alternate Emma is like doing forensics or something. And yeah, we could combine them at some point. But I mean, having said that, it's after, not all over. Yeah, having said that, after like I don't know, whenever we finished uni, what's oh my gosh, two thousand and eight, two thousand and eight, seven years ago, when we, you know, since that time, I've been working in education and that kind of thing, and I am now going back to psychology, like and I will be going back to psychology. So it's not like I, you know, I don't agree that that was the choice, like the course for me, because I'm still interested in it, but I needed that break. I think that that is the end of the show. Yeah. All right, yeah. Cool. So thanks for listening. Thanks. Thank you. Follow us. VLW Radio on Twitter.